Creative Studio Academy, Semester 3, Session 4, How to Handle Your Podcast Show Notes with Philip Swindle. You get the show notes at creativestudio.academy slash 3-4. Welcome to the Creative Studio Academy. This is the podcast to help you learn and explore how you can start and improve your skills with online content creation. My name is Joshua Rivers, and I will be your guide on this journey. Welcome back to the Creative Studio. My name is Josh Rivers, your host. And this is the podcast to help you in your journey in online content creation. And so we look at a lot of different things, ranging from your website as a whole to blogging to podcasting. And we touch on some other areas as well that can help your online uh, content creation um, and your processes and things like that. And so today we're going to be talking more about podcasting. This is... Uh, the fifth or no, this is the fourth session for semester three and all of semester three, we're looking at podcasting. Um, and so today we're going to be talking specifically about show notes. And so, uh, a lot of the things that we talked about in season two regarding blogging will definitely apply for what we're talking about with show notes. And so, cause we want to put the thought and the planning into those that we ought to. And a lot of the same principles apply as they did um, with blogging as well. And so because that's what show notes are, there are basically the blog post that goes with your podcast, the audio podcast. And so we're going to be talking about that to be able to do that. We have a special guest with us, Philip Swindle, who is the show notes guy. And he also has a podcast about podcasting. Uh, which is called The Podcasters. And so uh, he has a lot of great things that he is bringing to the podcasting world. And so I'm definitely excited to be able to bring him on to be able to share his story and also to be able to share his insights regarding podcasting in general and specifically as we talk about show notes. And so um, before we get to that, though, I did want to remind you that I am in the business of helping podcasters. And so you can go to podcastguide.co and be able to get some more information on how I can be able to help you with your podcast or to help you be able to get your podcast started if you don't have one yet. And so I can help you with uh, uh, many different areas, but specifically the things that I want to focus on are the podcast post-production and editing. I would also like to be able to help you with getting started with your podcast. So if you have questions or you're just needing some guidance, and so I can be able to help you with that. And so uh, just go to podcastguy.co and you can be able to get some more information about that. And so there's two great things that many podcasters don't like to deal with. And one of those is that podcast editing and production, which I just mentioned that I am working on uh, helping other people with. And so I have a couple clients so far that I am working with, helping with uh, their podcast to be able to 
take it to a new level by freeing them up uh, by doing the audio post-production for them. And the other thing that many podcasters don't like to deal with is the idea of show notes, which is why we have Philip Swindle with us today to be able to talk about this so that we can be able to get a better perspective on why we need show notes and um, then specifically some things that we can be able to do to improve our show notes as well. And so definitely excited again to be able to do this. And so we're going to jump right into the conversation. And when we jump to the conversation here, he starts by explaining his journey from working in TV and radio um, many years ago and uh, how that he was able to transition into the podcasting world. Well, Joshua, I started working in radio and television in the 1980s and was working in a lot of different areas of broadcasting, doing some news, some uh, print journalism, even doing a lot of different things. And then uh, got out of the, the broadcasting air arena for a while. And that bug, once it gets in you, you just don't ever get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, when I when I was in seminary in the late 90s, uh, blogging was just coming on. My first blog actually was on a uh, movable type blog, and then they started charging. So we had to start finding other platforms, and I eventually landed on WordPress, which now is just a beast. But back then, it was a, a bit of a struggle. But even when blogging was just starting, guys were thinking, hey, why can't we do this with audio? We can do it somewhat with video. YouTube wasn't around just yet. But, you know, there were a lot of different platforms sort of playing with, with video, even though the bandwidth was not anywhere what it was today, what it is today. And so uh, I began wondering, hey, I know I will eventually be able to merge my broadcasting with radio and television and even my print with all of the stuff in the Internet. I could already see that was headed this way. Then I started hearing a guy by the name of Alan Hunter. I don't know if you ever watched MTV. But Alan Hunter was the very first VJ on MTV, back when MTV really played music. Hmm. I don't know what the M stands for anymore. But back when they played music, Alan was the <laughs> very first VJ for MTV from Birmingham, Alabama, about an hour from where I live. And he started playing with how to get audio files to go out through RSS feeds, which is the whole genesis of what podcasting is mm -hmm. and so when he started playing with that i started paying attention and getting on websites that were allowing rss feeds that would do this and everything and even back in the late 90s early 2000s i was trying to play around with podcasting i just had not gotten my groove and then life took over and i just had to sort of lay it down flash forward to 2010 and 11, I'm back in radio again and was covering news and was doing some things with that technology and, and trying to merge what I was doing with news on the radio and on a website with podcasting, was doing a pretty good job locally with that. And then uh, the opportunity came about, I was listening to John Lee Dumas on a pretty regular basis after he got started. And he started putting out this this feeler for this group called Podcasters Paradise. And I, like an idiot, didn't join when I should have at the first, when it was a lot cheaper than it is today. 
but I eventually joined. And then I started a podcast, which I'm looking at reviving in the very near future. It was a religious podcast because I'm a licensed minister, ordained minister, and I really want to fill that space to minister to pastors. And it was called Deck Numi, and it's still on iTunes. You can go and look at it. It's about 30 or 40 episodes. And then life took over again. I had to take a job that was working me 12, 13, 14 hours a night, uh, four nights a week at least, and an hour away from home. And that just really was just killing me. My wife has type 1 diabetes, very brittle uh, sugar problems from time to time. And one morning I came home and she was in bad health. And I I would never have known that if she was not in bed when I got home. She wasn't supposed to be in bed. She was supposed to have already been up. And I got home, and her blood sugar was really, really low, and I was frustrated with my work, frustrated with the least amount of pay I was getting, frustrated with the time that I was having to spend away from home, the hour drive there, the hour drive back, just frustrated, sick and tired, actually. And I began looking for a way to replace that income. And I began talking to a friend of mine, who's now a friend of mine at the time, I didn't know him from Adam's house cat other than the fact that he had this cool podcast, Chris Saron. Back then it was the Chris Saron show. Now it's just the Saron show because he's added Lacey, who is a great addition to his podcast. But anyway, Chris and I started talking and he said, and we were talking about my background. He said, wait a second, you write? You're a journalist? I said, yeah. He said, you write show notes? I said, I can. I've not done it, but I can. He said, Write two show notes for me. Go find two of my podcast episodes and write show notes for me. Matter of fact, write the one that I mentioned you in a couple of weeks ago. So I wrote that one and I wrote another one. And the only message I got back from him in Facebook was, holy freaking crap. <laughs> so I figured, I figured I either did something really, really good or it really, really stunk. <laughs> and Chris said, you've got something here. Go for it. I'll help you. Come to podcasters to come to podcast movement. And so I began to pray about how I would get the money because I didn't have the money to go to podcast movement. And and it was August. It's the first of August. It's two weeks away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm I began praying, God, how am I going to do this? And then someone saw what Chris wrote about me in one of the Facebook groups and asked me, could I write 12 show notes for her? And with the money I made from those 12 show notes, I had the money to fly out to Podcast Movement to buy my ticket at Podcast Movement and to fly back. And a little bit of money to spend on the side, not a lot. And then, but I didn't have a name. I had I had a business plan, but I didn't have a business name. I had no real website for the business. I had a little bit of stuff on my own personal website about writing show notes. And, and like I said, I had no brand. And while I was there, I, flying there, I determined that my brand would be, I'm the show notes guy. And, uh, and so we had this logo built later, but I have now have this logo with me and a fedora that I had in a picture with my wife that my artist found and decided to integrate that into my artwork. But I would, I became known as the show notes guy. And I had no marketing material. My business cards that just have my name 
didn't show up to my house until we'd already lifted off from Birmingham at the airport. So I had nothing, absolutely zero, zilch, nada, nothing to promote my business. And so I got there and began trying to think and ran into a friend of mine, Jordan Agoli from Teenage Entrepreneur. And um, he was talking about Thursday, the night before the conference started about how much he wished he had a T-shirt with his podcast logo on it. And I, I was like, man, that would be cool. And and the next morning he had one. I'm like, what do you do? Have someone overnight a T-shirt to you? And he said, no, there's this kiosk in the mall right behind the hotel. So I began thinking and said, you know, I need to create a T-shirt to go with a website, to go with my brand, to promote my business to all of these 700 podcasters who are here for podcast movement. Duh. (laughs) So we leave the restaurant in the mall. I go walking by this T-shirt kiosk in the middle of the mall. And while I'm on the phone with GoDaddy, getting a web domain set up, shownotesguy.com, and having it pointing to my old website, my personal website, which had some information about show notes, which was philipswindle.com. And actually, I've got to totally redo it now. I haven't touched it since August. But anyway, by the time I left the t-shirt kiosk, I had a domain, I had a website, and I had a t-shirt that said, I am the shownotesguy.com. And put it on before I got back into the hotel to the conference area. And for the rest of the week, I promoted myself as the show notes guy. And from there there on, I began to grow my business. Three and a half weeks later, I left my job to become full-time the show notes guy. And a month after that, I had billed $2,500. Hmm. And why? Because I knew there was a market. Because guys like you don't want to spend two, three, four, or more hours writing detailed show notes. Yeah, exactly. There's uh, During my time of uh, podcasting, I realized that there's two things that most podcasters hate. and um, One of them is editing, and the yeah. other is show notes. And I know so. a guy who can edit, too, but it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, Actually, I know two or three. Yeah, yeah, and I'm actually um, getting started in uh, doing some of that as well. So, cool. Um, so now another so, three or four. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so your story goes back farther than I, uh, I realized. Um, yeah. And so I had heard uh, most of the last part of that, but I didn't, I didn't hear the first um, part leading up to it, kind of the getting your toe in the water um, during some of the early parts of podcasting as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's great to be able to hear that story. Um, let's uh, show it took so long. No, that's okay. It's a great story. Um, and I, Thing is beneficial not just for someone that is getting into podcasting, but I mean just anyone that's looking to start their own business. Period of some things that they can really look at and um, be able to get an out of the box look um, of how to be able to do things, and even in a um, small amount of time. And so, if, and if I can, budget. I'd like to give you three principles I learned in that. Yeah, definitely. Number one is to seek advice. Number two is find your strengths. And number three, find someone who needs your strengths and will be willing to pay you for it. And if you do those things, you've got a business. Definitely. 
Awesome. Awesome. And uh, I, I think I throw it a, a fourth. Um, have a great network. That is tremendously true. And, and, so. and I had a great network with Podcasters Paradise. That was really where my business really just launched and went crazy the first month is because I had a, I had an audience of podcasters there. Awesome, dude. Um, yeah, let's talk about, um, some show notes. And so, um, as far as, uh, as we look at several different things, but I mean, first of all, the importance of it, why should we focus on having, um, some good show notes as opposed to a sentence saying, this is what we talked about. And here's three bullet points. Yeah. Well, the difference between giving a real note, an article about what happened in the podcast and giving just bullet points is a lot. My sister-in-law is profoundly deaf. She will never, ever, ever hear a single solitary podcast in her life. But you know what she can do? She can read. Mm -hmm. So there's one positive of having good, detailed show notes. On a more selfish level, for to benefit you, the podcaster, deep, well-written show notes will, uh, will benefit you because Google cannot search audio yet. When they do, I'll be pivoting my business. But right now, Google cannot search audio. And as such, you need to have as detailed show notes as possible so that Google can find this good content, rank it, put it into their search engines, and others can be able to find what it is that you're putting out there. A lot of people don't know this or may not realize this. Just because you listen to podcasts does not mean that the rest of the world does. In America, I think the last time, last stat I read, 18% of Americans know what a podcast is, and only about 12% of them actually listen to podcasts. Now, that may have increased a little bit after we had this big podcast that came out from NPR last year, uh, but it hasn't risen that much. So let's just round it off. Either 80 or 85% of the people in of uh, citizens of America have no content with a podcast at all. So, but they do know Google and they do know websites. So mm -hmm. you want to have deep content on your website because that's going to be the way you're going to introduce listeners to your podcast in ways, in ways that you cannot do in any other form, not even Facebook ads, because you're going to find if you rank the higher and higher you rank, the more and more people will find your content. And when they find your printed content, they will also find your audio content. That's great. And so um, you're definitely talking about show notes from the aspect of somebody finding your show or um, discovering your show based on the show notes. Um, exactly. And so I know there's um, uh, the flip side of that, of trying to direct your listeners to your website and being able to have the show notes available for them there. Um, what, what's your experience been in um, that aspect of it? Well, J Joshua, on my experience and on the experience of many of my podcasters that I write for, show notes really do not benefit the listener all that much. The listener, if they're listening, the only thing they're really going to want from you are the links because they've already heard the content. So you got to make sure your show notes have links. 
and I build the links into the show notes. And then I have some podcasters who say, hey, by the way, will you catalog all the links at the bottom of the show notes? And really, that's the way I advise it to be done. Have the links at the t- in the body of the text and then have the links at the bottom so your regulars can just scroll on down to the bottom. Again, they've already heard the content. They may want to read to get some clarification over something they heard, but they're definitely going to want to get a hold of those links. And so you've got to understand your audience. Know that the ones who are visiting your website who have never listened to the podcast, they need information. The ones who have listened to your podcast, they just need the connections. And so you've got to build both of those in there. And I also build some images, maybe a picture of the guest if you're doing an interview podcast, maybe a picture uh, promoting what it is your podcast or is about. Uh, then I also uh, suggest pull quotes, graphical pull quotes, where you're pulling quotes or stats or whatever out of the podcast episode and then building those into your show note just to give some graphical break as you're reading through the text of that show note. Very good. I uh, definitely love that. And so I know that's one of the things that I've been working on trying to improve is having better show notes in uh, mine as well. And so, uh, and so sometimes I go and I try to produce the show notes as much as I can beforehand um, and use that as my guide as I'm doing the podcast. And then uh, that's very interesting because that is the very first point I make in my show notes cheat sheet is to start at least with an outline before you record. It helps you gather your thoughts, organize your, your presentation, and then you're able to have things on which to hang the rest of the content as you're writing your show notes. So that's a great step. And every podcaster really ought to think about, even if you're doing an interview podcast, know where you're going before you hit record. Yes, that's definitely a good thing to know. And so, of course, uh, sometimes when you have interviews, it can go directions that you're not expecting. Um, and <laughs> and you need, need to learn to be able to be flexible and go with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you definitely need to know uh, the direction of where you want to go and uh, have questions and things to be able to lead that direction um, as as you go through it. And so what are some ways that people can be able to get a hold of you uh, so they can be able to um, either learn some more about show notes or to uh, possibly hire you to be able to help them with that? Okay. My Twitter handle is at ShowNotesGuy. My email address is ShowNotesGuy at gmail.com. My website is ShowNotesGuy.com. And if you go to that website and register for my email list, I will give you this show notes cheat sheet, six ways to make your show notes among the best. And it, and it has six tips. Start with an outline, create a juicy headline, write juicy subheadlines, write two or three paragraphs for each subline, include links in your podcast at least twice, and then create social media content to publicize your work. And as an added benefit, you get some ways to cash in on your show notes after they're already written. So that you can get that by registering for the email list at shownotesguide.com. And then if you want to hear my podcast, you can go to shownotesguide.com slash podcasters with an S and a capital P. So capital P podcasters. So shownotesguide.com slash podcasters. And as I want to give you something extra, okay? Uh, I I told the folks on John Lee Dumas' episode that I just got finished recording and pre- producing and putting out last week. 
he gave some great tips on editing your podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you want some really great tips from John Lee Dumas, go listen to that episode with John Lee Dumas. The first half, he talks about how he speed edits eight episodes in an hour and a half. And I made a cheat sheet to go with that. And so I'm going to, you don't have to listen. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to help you out. Josh, you had to listen all the way to the end of that podcast to get the link, didn't you? Yes. I'm going to give you the link. Okay. And here it is. Shownotesguy.com slash cheat sheet. All one word. And it doesn't matter if the C and the S are capital or not. I made a pretty link so you can go either way. So shownotesguy.com slash cheat sheet will give you the downloadable document on how to set up Audition so that you can record your podcast straight to Audition and then edit as quickly as John Lee Dumas can. Yes, that was definitely very good advice. And so I don't use Audition, but I've, uh, I'm going to be implementing some of that into Audacity. And that's awesome, awesome tips. Um, in there. So, and uh, of course, uh, talking about show notes, uh, you can be able to get the links to these things in the show notes as well. <laughs> in case uh, you weren't able to catch them all, uh, you can be able to go there and be able to catch that. So uh, again, Philip, thank you for, very much for spending the time with us today. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. I hope I helped. Definitely. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and interview with Philip Swindle. And so, again, you can be able to get his stuff at theshownotesguy.com. And if you want to get the show notes for this podcast, for this episode, you can be able to go to creativestudio.academy slash 3-4 for semester three, session four. And you can be able to do that. And so I did want to mention again that I do also have uh, the ebook, the short guide for being able to put together your own website. And so uh, I believe it's about 25 page uh, guide there to be able to help you be able to set up basically the seven things that are uh, pretty much essential for setting up a WordPress website. And so you can get that free by signing up for the newsletter. And I would definitely highly recommend doing that. You'll also be notified of new podcast sessions and blog posts that happen to come up and then also i will send you additional um things as well some additional information and uh, newsworthy type things and so you'll get some of that occasionally as well and so again just go to creativestudio.academy you can be able to get all the things we talked about all right we're going to sign off for this session and we will come back next session and i have david hooper with us and he's going to share his experience um, as well he's one of those that also had some experience in radio and so bringing it over into the podcasting world and a lot of great insights there and so definitely come back and visit us for that podcast episode as well Let me. I just didn't know if you want if you had heard my interview with Ray and another guy talking about how I finally got married at the age of forty six or what. So I just. I oh to... okay, I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure if I heard that one. I may have. It was a very interesting story. I'm just going to tell you that <laughs> I um 
had gone many, many years as a single man with 10 nephews and nieces, wanting to be married, wanting to have my own family. And then I met a girl through a mutual friend of mine, another state away. And we eventually got engaged. I moved three hours away from my family and was going to be setting up a home a week after I moved there, found out she was cheating on me, not with one guy, but with two different guys. Mm. Needless to say, there were no wedding bells. Uh, and then I moved three more hours away from home the next year because I was teaching and I was teaching at a school where her children were every day. Didn't want to deal with that for two years straight. <laughs> so I took another teaching job, three more hours away from home, almost a second state away from home. And then, uh, that school is a private school. That school couldn't decide whether we wanted to stay open or not. So I found a job back home making half of what I was making at, at the Christian school, but because I owned a, a mobile home and it was on my mom and dad's property and, and uh, everything else, my cost of living was significantly less. Having given up at the age of 45 of ever being married, 11 months after I told my mom and dad, I guess God doesn't have it in my cards. I guess I'm okay with that from now on. I met the woman I married three months later. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, it's a pretty cool story when I get into the details of it. It's just amazing how God works even when you're not expecting it. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And so I, I kind of had I, – I, not the 46 yet, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I had the uh, the same idea when I was younger. Um, I was always, as a teenager, um, always looking for, for a girlfriend and who yeah. I was going to marry and things like that and – uh, I don't know if marriage was always in in mind, but but anyway. But then I, I understand. But th but then I went to Bible college, and when I started Bible college, when I was going there for the first time, I'm like, I'm not going to worry about yeah. getting a girlfriend and all that. I'm just going to focus on my studies and mm -hmm. see what happens. And first week, I met my wife, awesome. and uh, still wasn't in intending anything. But then after the first couple months. Um, our conversations was getting more and more intense. It's like, okay, um, I can see where this is going. Yeah. And so, and so I, I had a conversation with her dad and, uh, and then, then we started officially dating and we dated yeah. for three years, got married. Where'd you go to Bible school? Oklahoma Baptist college in Oklahoma OBU. City. Yeah, well, not, not OBU, but that's Wachita, but, but, uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, so now we're getting ready to celebrate our 12th cool. anniversary this weekend. Awesome. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. We'll be That's celebrating awesome. our 5th in November. Nice. Honest to goodness. We met face-to-face -face for the first time. Now, we talked uh, for about a week before, but we met face-to-face -face for the very first time on August 19th, 2010. Hmm. November yeah. 19th, 2010, we married. <laughs> that's nice well when you're older you kind of need to speed up the timeline well that, exactly though, too, we so. just looked at each other and said we're no spring chickens <laughs> if we date for a long time god only knows yeah yeah so Our, I said, are you serious and she said yes are you serious i said yes i said well let's set a date now i was setting i was thinking spring break because she's a public school teacher mm -hmm. and uh and then to push it up i said martin luther king weekend and then she said, well, you know, I have the Friday off before Thanksgiving, and we have the whole week <laughs> off after that. I went, are you serious? And she said, yeah, I'm serious. I said, okay, I'll set it up. <laughs> so in 72 hours, I had it all set up. Nice. <laughs> and three weeks later, we got married. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Hey, but I got your story. Know, I got I got the story on tape now. So oh, cool. Well, when, <laughs> when you know God's working, there ain't no need to drag your feet. Yeah, there you go. Forgive the line, the grammar, but that's just the truth of it. Oh yeah. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, get started with the actual recording or the episode? Okay. And so, um, see, so yeah, are you good for fifteen twenty minutes? I'm good for as long as you need me. All right. As long as I can get out of here by about 3.30 to go pick up my wife. That sounds good, then. <laughs> 